Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of She Works. This hey is y'all. your host. Hey, hey. Y'all should know the host with the most Nita Works <laughs> at Twitter. Hey everybody, this is Meg. You can find me on Facebook at Meg Cohen or on Instagram at Meg underscore 1913. Hey everyone, this is Akima. You can follow me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. Hey guys, follow me on Twitter, Danita Platt. Meg, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's the Meg underscore nineteen thirteen? What's that about? Because you wasn't born in nineteen thirteen. Not. <laughs> You're looking good, girl. You're looking I good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nineteen thirteen was the year Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated oh, was founded. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for all you Delta Soros out there, you know you got a Delta That's rocking right. with Ooh, you with Soros. That's right. So thank you guys for tuning in with us today. We're definitely going to jump in with another um, real woman issue today. Um, But before that, we just want to make sure that you are definitely able to catch up on all of our wonderful shows here at the She Works podcast. You can download any favorite podcast app of your choosing and make sure you subscribe to the She Works. And what I found out is that if you are in a car with what is it? Apple Play. It'll automatically play the next episode. It does. I had someone call me and be like, yo, I love the next next episode. I was like, how'd you know? Because I hadn't even really shared that it had come out. She was like, oh, it automatically plays. I was like, that's what's up. Maybe I'll get an Apple. Maybe I'll get an Apple product next time. Maybe. I'm just saying. (laughs) So today, um, our topic today is we're going to actually do a part two for those that have been listening to our shows for quite a while, you know, we did a, a episode, um, some segments back about helicopter parenting. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of feedback on this particular show that we decided to do a part two. So mainly because um, I had the opportunity to be on dun, 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 the doctors. Yay! So you guys know that show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was very interesting. Um, the process um you know, I really wanted to be flown out to California, but it's okay. Right. We're going we to do the Skype interview for flew now. Out. Flew, flew out. out. I want to be flewed out to California. But, you know, we were able to do everything. You know, you know, thanks God. Thank God for technology because sure. I, I was in my own schoolroom right. while they was in California. Three hours um, different, time different. Mm-hmm. So it was really awesome. But um, that was a great opportunity. So I got a lot of text messages, a lot of Facebook comments. <laughs> um, we had a really good time. Um, but the segment was was definitely about helicopter parenting. And one of the questions that I was asked was, what was my greatest fear about my children? And I explained that, you know, we've, we homeschool, we've always homeschooled, it's all we've ever done. And, um, my, my, my biggest fear, obviously, I think with any parent in this day and age was about their safety, you know, constantly thinking about children's safety because of human trafficking, um, what else is there's a lot of stuff going on uh, organ harvesting and just oh. children you know turning up right. missing yeah. and pedophilia people and mm-hmm. sex offender registries and you know just people doing stuff in schools you know kids getting shot by police officers i mean who wouldn't be a helicopter right. parent right and so but what i was able to find initially you know when I asked those questions, you know, they were really talking more about building resiliency. I think helicopter parenting was kind of the hashtag that just kind of catches people's eyes. Like right. if you don't understand what that parenting type is, you know, you realize it's the power of social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You realize mm-hmm. how, guys, ha- look, you got something to promote hashtags are where it's at yeah. because that's how they found us. You know, they found the podcast based on a hashtag. We were talking about um, our smothering episode, mm-hmm. right? When we just, you know, all in our children's, you know, everything all up in the mix and that's how they found us so but what I found out when I dug in deeper to this helicopter parenting it had more to do with 
the lack of resilience for kids who were in college and the amount of stress they were under and the alarming rates they were dropping out of college because they could not manage the stress. Why can't they manage the stress? Because they had the parents of these semi-adult children picking their classes, kind of handling all of their things with their FAFSA form and think, you know, and I get some, of you know, some of it is really technical, but listen, when I was in school, my mother didn't fill out a thing. Mm-hmm. All she, she was mad. Cause I kept asking about our tax information. Right. She's like, what do you know that for? None of your business. Right. I'm like, mom, that school needed. It's for the government. Right. Needed for school. So, trying to get out your house. Like you told me. I'm to. trying. I'm trying. But what I realized is that, I don't know. Something has shifted to where the latchkey kids were handling everything, right? You know, we were cooking and frying chicken at 12. We sure were. Mm-hmm. Making bologna sandwich. Make Absolutely. <laughs> and it would turn up on the side. You know, yes. now our 12, and, our 12 and 14 was looking at us, what we eating for lunch? We eat this peanut butter and jelly. Right. And going about your day. But what I understand is that our culture, in particularly with black children, mm-hmm. African-American children, children of color, There is no way any parent can tell me they're not going to be a helicopter parent, particularly when they, when these people, you know, kids get older. I have a black son, right? He may be a little lightly melanated, but he is still a black man, black, you know, a black boy, soon to be black man. They don't see him as a black man. Exactly. So how can I not be overly concerned when he leaves the house, when he starts driving you know, if he gets pulled over, like, so we're, we're having to have conversations that, you know, other cultures don't have to have. So, it's I mean, true. I really just, you know, I, I wanted to kind of just piggyback on this topic because, you know, so many people had questions. They was like, wow, these are great questions. And I mean, it was just a little segment, a little intro segment. So I wasn't there as the expert. They, were, they had another expert on who was just kind of giving some tips. And so one of my main questions was, how, how do we build resiliency in children when you have them of different ages? Because I have a five-year-old, an almost 12-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And so, of course, with my 14-year-old who's going to be going into high school, you know, she does have the option with this program that we're looking to get into. Y'all say a special prayer listener yes. that she gets into this program. <laughs> Calling all the prayer warriors, right. all the intercessors. <laughs> But she'll have the opportunity to pick her classes. I don't I don't necessarily have to do that for her. But with my five-year-old, come on, I'm picking every single class right. because you're five. And so my question to them, or to the expert, was really how do you build resiliency when you have varying ages? Like, when do you start that? Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to throw that out there to you guys. What do you think? Have you heard? Um, I know you've heard about it because we've talked about it. But do you know anyone specifically that... Um, you feel as a helicopter parent, and please don't know no names. Right. <laughs> no, we we don't want to get sued. Um, just kind of wanted to hear what you guys, you know, your experience has been. So let me just first say that I am not a biological parent. I do have godchildren, but I have not given birth to any children that I have raised. And so there is a lot, it's probably 99.9% of parenting that I don't know or have experienced. So I'm just going to put that out there and say that. So this is not like being judgmental or anything like that. Um, But I do know people who I feel are helicopter moms. Um, I don't necessarily know that I know any helicopter dads, maybe, but it's mostly the moms that I see that are kind of what I would call helicopter. And these are the types of moms that will fill out job applications for their 25-year-old sons. And don't get me wrong, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the situation, I, I've just seen the principle behind all of that. I question the principle behind all of that. And I think 
um, for me, what I've noticed with moms that are kind of hovering and, and that do all that helicoptery stuff. What, what was that word? Helicoptery. Helicoptery. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me, um, and I said, I think you said the word, Shanita. I, what I see underneath all of that is fear. And granted, let me, let me just affirm why people would be afraid. I get it. We have all these abductions and the sex trafficking and you can't drive while black because it's against the law nowadays. And, you know, well, it's been against the law for a long time, but that's another podcast. <laughs> you can't do anything. Like, I, I absolutely totally understand it. You don't want your kids to get sick. You want them to die. You don't want to get shot. I get all that. Definitely understand all that. I think, though, even before all of those things were as big as they are today, I still think for some of these people that I've seen doing this helicoptery stuff, it seems like fear is an issue, period. So it's not just fear with your children. It's fear across the board. And so um, I guess that's a question that I can ask you parents. Like, what is the difference between parenting and having to be in control of everything and sheltering your children because you really are afraid and not just, you know what? Cause I think there's a difference. Like I'm going to make you hear me. I am really, I'm, I'm worried that my son will get pulled over because he's a black man and he's not speeding and he's in an area where, you know, if you black, you're going to get pulled over. So it don't even matter. Like I'm very concerned about that, but how, how do you balance like I'm just parenting Versus control. I have to be in control of everything. And when I cannot be in control of what they do, what they say, what they listen to, where they go, who they're with, because they're going to die and they're going to be killed. And da, da, da. How do you balance those two things and not become that helicopter mom who's calling colleges and cussing professors out because they gave you a kid a grade who actually didn't study because I used to be a college professor. Let's just put that out there. Um, no one's ever called me, but like if your kid is in class and it's, he's 20 and he's not doing his work, like how do you balance that? Like what's what's the difference? I think it's, I, it's, that was like 15 it questions. It was 15, and I know, I'm, I'm sorry about to, that. I'm going to try to go back to the first question. <laughs> <laughs> Point one of the first question. Right. Um, I definitely believe with raising children, and, and I say this, you know, with the most sincerity because my mother said it to me, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. My father said it to me, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, but there were just, so, he said there were certain things you will never understand until you birth a child and have to constantly be concerned about that child's welfare right. and their safety. And it's like, all right, whatever. You know, you're 14, mm-hmm. you're 15, 16 years old. All right, whatever. You know, you think at that age, your parents don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. You think they're old. Because I'm experiencing it now with my own kids. They right. feel like they say, they said something like 30 was middle age. I yes, was like, oh, well, I, I must be ancient. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I preface my statement by saying, as a person without any biological children, it may, it may seem over the top. It may seem, and I'm not saying the people who you've experienced aren't over the top Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. maybe they are over the top. Right. But you know, it, but to someone who has not had biological children, it may seem, okay, they are trying to control too much. They are trying to, you know, order their steps and, you know, (laughs) things of that nature. And so I think, you know, that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that we had, my husband and I specifically had to remember these children were given to us by the Lord Mm -hmm. and he loves them more than we ever could. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this came, came to play because, you know, the, 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 the size of the list of the people I trust with my kids is like this big, Mm -hmm. it's really small. And we had to come to like realizations that we could, we could not let fear, 
gripple. Is that a word? Gripple? Grapple? Grip? Grip? Mm-hmm. I like gripple. I like gripple too. Use it. We couldn't let fear grip us in the way that, you know, unless we knew everything about this person, my kids can't be with you. Now, when they were little, nobody watched my kids. Right. Now, I'm a retired social worker who worked in child protective services right. in DC and in Maryland. My first year there, I removed nine children for abuse, sexual abuse, and neglect. Mm-hmm. So, so it had already tainted. Right. <laughs> you know, I already had semi-control wanting things to be my way issues but then on top of knowing in 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 child care arena mm-hmm. <laughs> it just kind of like coupled on top of on top mm-hmm. of on top of that fear and so I think understanding that you know these children are are the lords and they're yours on loan kind of help put some things in perspective because we've actually had to like go to the lord like in prayer like help me with these kids you gave me because, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a facetious way, but I mean, just helping to get to the areas of their soul where they don't bend, you know, mm-hmm. like teaching them about integrity, teaching them about authority and how to respect the police. And we, if you get pulled over, that is not the time to be trying to exercise your rights. It's the time to shut your mouth. Yes, indeed. Come home, come to us. Let us help you fight that outside of the police car. Right. Right. And so I think with, understanding you want the best for your children. You absolutely do. You know, once you have children, there's nothing more than I think your brain is consumed with. And Danita definitely jump in. There's nothing more than seeing your children do better than you. You know, your ceiling is their floor, mm-hmm. wanting them to be the best, you know, to go further beyond what you or your spouse could do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you, try to protect them from certain situations and you can't protect them from everything. Mm-hmm. You can't over govern everything that they do, but what you can do is lead by example. And that's where I think it, it falls off because some of the parents who maybe are doing the helicoptering <laughs> are not necessarily teaching their kids about faith. They're not teaching their kids about obedience. They're not teaching their kids about hearing from the spirit. And maybe you shouldn't have that person in your car or maybe checking in with the Lord about something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a, it's a couple of different ways to answer that. Mm -hmm. And so those are three examples of just how the balance comes into all of it. It's not a, well, you do this and then you do this and now we're perfectly balanced. Mm -hmm. No, it's your mind is constantly on the focus of your children. You know, the, I think every parent has had that moment where you were in the grocery store or in, or in the shopping store and you lose sight of your kids for four seconds. Mm-hmm. That is the most devastating four seconds of your life. Right. Knowing the kind of things that are going on sure. in our world. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that answers no, your question. <laughs> and I do want to say that, you know, I don't want moms out there who have kids to be offended by, you know, the, the things that I'm sharing or the things that I've seen. But I think, you hit the nail on the head with what I was actually, what I was talking about when you said my husband and I had to come to a place where we couldn't walk in fear. We had, we couldn't allow ourselves to walk in fear. And you talked about being a social worker and how on top of, you know, at that time in your life, cause it's not now, it's not now. But at that time in your I'll life, be begging for somebody to come take these. Kids. Right. Like, right. Matter of fact, listeners, if <laughs> like listen, right. <laughs> Anybody wants to just, you know, right. I got one Babies that can bake, that, one that right. can play ball, and one that's very creative. Let right. me know if they you want to come right. to your house. So on top of, you know, what you had going on then and being a social worker, blah, 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 all that kind of just added to the mix. But you guys came to a point where you were like, listen, can't walk in fear, but Lord, how do you want me to raise your children? I think that was what I was talking about. The, the point where you guys got to, you said, I cannot walk in fear. I'm talking about 
what I've noticed prior to people getting to that revelation that I can't walk in fear. And so I listen, I leave instructions for the people who are going to walk my dogs when I'm out of town. (laughs) Like it's mapped out. It's written out. They're specific. Like I am that person. Mm -hmm. And so I completely 100% get it. It is no, no judgment here at all. Um, but I just wanted to, I would, the point I was trying to make was that I see people walking in that fear constantly and it grips them. And what did you say? Gripples? Gripple. Gripples them? Grapples them? We're going to find that's a real word. Gripple. Gripple. <laughs> it gripples them. And so that's what I was kind of asking, like, what's the balance, especially for us who are non-moms, because how do you protect but not like lose your mind and, and go overboard all at the same time? So. I'm not a parent either, Meg, but as I'm listening to you talk, not I, yet, I, not yet, not a parent yet, but I think that you have to get over your own trauma that you've dealt mm, with. Yeah. Because as you're talking, I'm like, if we view that their experience is going to be all the bad things that happened to yes. me or people that I know or stories that we've read, then it may alter the way in which I even parent this child and, Point. you know, prevent them from doing this or going there. Um, so yeah, I think some of that has to be dealt with in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And so then you can find that balance between providing oversight because even the word helicopter parent has this negative connotation, but I have the responsibility of this child. Therefore I have to provide the oversight in their lives. Mm-hmm. And for all the kids that are out of here, out here, you know, quote unquote, not acting right, not doing right. And then what's the first question? Where are the parents at? Correct. And then when the parents are showing up, well, you doing too much. Why are you helicoptering them? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, which is it? Yeah. Right. I'm going to need you to pick a side and stick to that side. So if I have to pick between those two, I'm going to stick with the side of, bringing oversight to this child's life until they show that they are responsible enough to handle that area. And then you can begin to relinquish that. But I think until that shows, let me parent this child. That is my responsibility in every other way. You're not coming through to pay for these braces. You're not coming (laughs) to pay for this grocery bill. So don't try to come here now with this component of it because now you think I'm overstepping that's my child. Mm -hmm. Let Let me kind of handle this, you know. But then I think the parent can have the balance once they deal with their own traumas I like that yeah that's a very good example Mm -hmm. um I think my thoughts about that really have to do with um I'm gonna just take it right on back to the bible (laughs) (laughs) um it has to do with God's original intent which I feel like if you can go back there and look at that you find so many answers and principles you know There are principles, there's laws, and there's keys that the world operates under. Um, But the principle in Genesis says that God gave us dominion over the birds and the Mm -hmm. fish and the creeping, crawling stuff. But it doesn't say he gave us dominion over other people. That's why we don't fear spiders. That's why we don't fear them. Here, here. See, that shot's fire, but y'all don't understand. There was a monster spider. (laughs) And I just crushed it, you know, with my heel. That's what I'm going to say. Because I have dominion. That's right. Some people were grippled in fear. <laughs> no names, no name. No. Um, that it it is. Um, huh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever the word is for of the utmost importance, mm-hmm. that we do not try to dominate other people, and mm-hmm. that is that can be very difficult in a parent-child situation. Yeah, because if we were parented by those who wanted to dominate. And we then model that behavior with our children. Yes. You know, we feel like that's how you parent. Right. Yes. Right? I see that all, often. I say it, you do it, we're done. Right. right. That's how you parent. Um, 
but that is not, that's not what we were designed for. And when you're in a situation, so, um, the boys and I were reading, um, Frederick Douglass's book, um, that he wrote. And in it, he talks about the impact of slavery on the enslaved and on, um, those who owned the mm-hmm, enslaved mm-hmm. and that there was this double edged sword. It was a sickness impacting the enslaved and a sickness impacting the the slave slave owners mm-hmm. slave owners um and that is the same when you are trying to dominate someone you make them sick they they are sick because of that and then you are sick because of that it's mm-hmm. not a position that you should be in either of dominating another person it puts you in the idea of i am in control of this person's course and destiny and everything that's going to happen to them and when you feel like you're in control of all that that's a that's a mental illness yeah. mm-hmm. that's a that's a sickness of the mind is what i'm saying it's a it's an incorrect perception it's a narcissistic absolutely perception absolutely. that you know i can control everything that you say do eat you know yeah all of the above from a yeah. to z it is it's, yeah. it's a true definition of a narcissist mm-hmm. when you think you have the ability to from from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're setting their life on a course that it is knit together and constructed by your own hands and your own Absolutely. thoughts and your own actions. Absolutely. And you have knit that together and you're sending them off into the world. No, your job is to model for them. Like you said, yep. model for them, your relationship with God, your relationship with other people. Your job is to show them what it looks like to dominate the planet. And that doesn't mean trample over people exactly spirits exactly right right it is managing and caring for and gardening and husbanding Mm -hmm. the planet that's not a word husbanding we'll put it with grappling there we go we making words out here and she works (laughs) grippling um (laughs) so yeah that that's your role as a parent and so i i my heart breaks for the parent who legitimately feels that their actions with that child will determine whether or not that child will ever be successful right. in life mm-hmm. because God has fixed trauma in all of our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Table. Yes, We've all has. endured trauma and God has fixed it. Mm-hmm. Right. So Cause we've allowed him to, right. right. We had to allow God to fix the trauma right. and not parent out of the trauma. I know right. people who won't spank their kids because maybe they were spanked a little bit too like much. Yeah. And so then you parent from your lack then you overcompensate in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving them physical discipline, if that's what you choose here in my house, we spare the rods for the child. Absolutely. So if you overcompensate in the other direction yeah. and there is no then discipline, you create little monsters, then there's no training. There, there's Sorry. nothing for you to build up. I yeah. mean, so when you talk about the oversight, you know, having oversight of these children, you over, you over, you have the oversight of provision and protection for them, keeping them safe. You also have, like we said, modeling, but you are helping them to rein in their soulish behavior. You don't touch their spirit. That Mm -hmm. is between, like you teach your children about a relationship with the Lord from a young age, right? So our children have learned to pray. You know, we, when we have our little family Bible study sessions, we talk about the things they've been struggling with. Well, have you asked the Lord for help in this area of a lion? Like, have you asked the Lord for help in this area of overeating? Have you asked? So constantly making it a conversation so they know we don't hold all the answers Mm -hmm. and we never pretend like we do. You know, I'm clear. I don't know. Let's look it up. I don't know. Let's go find that in scripture. I'm not sure. And so when when you take your parenting self out of that preeminent spot 
yeah. of the be all, know all, do all. I got all the answers. Because that's frightening. That's, that's frightening. frightening. It's very frightening. It's pressure. Like that's way too much pressure to take on yourself because you yes. don't have that. To you do. don't. You and you never will. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you have to point your children back in the direction of their heavenly Father, yeah. because He ultimately is the one that's going to care for them even better than me. And yeah, I know yeah. I care for some kids really good. Yeah. They all alive and well, <laughs> <laughs> right? They all pretty advanced in their you know schooling. And so, and, and, and it goes back to the scripture in Isaiah, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to take my little biblical stance. Um, you know, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Right. And so when I dissected that scripture years ago, one of the things that stood out to me, I know how I plan my life. Y- y'all know me. Y'all, I mm-hmm. know how I plan. It's, it is the bomb Correct. And if his ways and his thoughts are higher than what I can do, that's bombdiggity.com. It it removes that element of me wanting to be in control. But I have to I have to know who I am. Mm-hmm. Like you said, in Christ, I have to believe this Bible is is written for me to, to refer to. I have mm-hmm. to have that belief system. If you don't have the if you don't have that as your belief system, then this conversation really isn't for you. Right. You you're gonna be the one to just go on and try to control everything that your children do, and then when they get in situations where you can't follow them to their PSAT testing, you can't follow them to their SAT testing, you can't follow them to their college in, college entrance exams, you can't take it for them. And when they get into those situations, this is what helped me dig deeper and not be so offended by that term helicopter parent. <laughs> when you get into those positions and these kids can't perform, it's it's been shown by research at the helicopter parenting at that older age, we're not talking about caring for their safety when they're little, has shown increased depression, yes. low self-esteem. In yes. the parent or in the child? In the child. child. Probably yes. in Too both much. if they were yes. assessment. <laughs> right. In the child, particularly because they have never been given no. opportunities to show resilience. They've right. never fail. To fail. Right. Like I know people who will sit up all night and do elementary, middle, and high school projects for their children. No. They, the parent will sit up and do it. Mm. I got to do my, you know, child's project. I got to make, you know, X, Y, Z. And then what? And I understand in this society we live in, it's a competitive world. And so when you hear parents cry, I want this, I want to help them get the best grade because, you know, they're in this school and, you know, transcripts and all of these things. And when you can, you can hear, no, seriously, you can hear their heart on one Mm -hmm. end. You do. Mm -hmm. Cause I understand where it's coming from, but because you can't do that in every scenario and situation, you're setting them up to not know how to be resilient. You know, you have to get an F to understand why you need to study. Right. Right. <laughs> or what about even resiliency outside of the classroom? Outside right. of the, and right. that's why the stress and the low self-esteem mm-hmm. have shown in research because they don't know how to navigate right. at that older age through social, like there's been times that I've wanted to step in. We've been places and I'm watching my children. Now, y'all know middle school is a very awkward age. Right. So don't be coming from my homeschool mm-hmm. talking about they ain't socialized. My kids are very social, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm watching this middle school age. It's a very awkward age. So they struggle with social interactions just amongst each other because mm-hmm. of this age. They don't, you know, it's like you come from playing, like playing, playing to like just chilling with your homies. Right. They, they don't know how to do that yet. Right. And so I'm watching. And there've been times that I've been like, Hey, so I want you. And I'm like, Nope. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Right. You have to, you do have to resist. 
Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, he looks lonely. Or, or we went to a, a birthday party once and my daughter hadn't seen this little girl in a while. And so she was all excited to see her, but she was there with her cousins and other people for the birthday party. Yeah. So it wasn't a one-on-one mm-hmm. type situation. And so my child left mad. She was like, she ain't even talked to me the whole part. And I'm like, oh, she's five. I was about to say, that sounds like the five-year-old. She's, she, ain't, she, ain't, she ain't even say anything to me. She was just playing with her other people. <laughs> other people. But you know, I was like, well, sometimes it's like that. When you at a birthday yeah. party, you can't, like spend every moment with one person, you know, you have to kind of spread the love. And so what it showed me is that, yeah, she had a, a, a stressful situation in her little eyes, but in an hour later, she was off to something else. And that's how, you know, your child has resiliency right. when they can be disappointed and they can bounce back. Yep. If they can't be disappointed and bounce back, you are doing something wrong. Right. It, it's that right. Okay. Freshman year, you come in, who are your friends? The first week of the first mm-hmm. week of college. Mm-hmm. The people maybe from your school mm-hmm. or the people who you live with in your dorm, in your, dorm. Mm-hmm. your roommate, the people on the same floor, maybe the people you met right. right that first week of college. What happens when those relationships crumble? Because nine times out of 10, they're they, going to. They time, do. Right. <laughs> it's just how it happens. If you don't have resiliency, the parent can help with the ace. Right. But what about failing in the fact that you have no one to sit with in the calf. Right. You have no one to do this social thing with mm-hmm. over here. You don't know how to make friends. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to set them up for this academic success. Right. But what about success in, in all other areas, of the right. other areas of their lives? Because they, they even know that their academic success is a fraud. Right. <laughs> it's the truth. And I feel like, unfortunately, the, the children who have to endure this become crippled. And the parents set it up where they, the children need them. They cannot function. Their very existence is all wrapped up in their parents and they cannot function outside of their parents telling them what to do. Like it absolutely does not set up. It's not conducive for independence or autonomy or to know who they know who they are because my last name is such and such, but they don't really know. Like you said, you point your kids back to the Lord. What's God saying? They don't really know. They don't have that relationship um, because they're just so used to their parents telling them everything to do. And then when they become adults, they can't handle anything. And that's what, I, what I've noticed. When the parents hover, these the children, unfortunately, don't have good coping skills. And they cannot handle anything when something doesn't go their way or it doesn't go right. They, they don't have any resilience. And so... I mean, if the parents aren't letting them, I mean, life's going to get in the way right. with, with them as well. I was, this is a really quick story, but I work with children. I teach um, yoga to children. Nice. And one of the girls, they're so mean to each other, y'all. Third graders. They're <laughs> mean so girls. Mean. They're so mean to be so young. And one girl called another girl a crybaby. The one that got called a crybaby ran out of the room, you know, like she's stammering out. So I go in the hallway and she's crying. And I witnessed the whole thing, but I wanted her to tell me what so happened. So she really was a crybaby? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, it, it was those some legit tears, but to not, um, you know, drag the story out. And so I let her say, get yourself together and then tell me what happened. I'm, you know, I had her to like, kind of like man up, but like, I didn't tell a third grader to man up, but my actions were telling her that. And so she told me what happened. And I said, yes, the other girl was wrong. I'm so sorry she did that to you. And I've already spoken to her, which I had already spoken to the other child. But I said, what I'm gonna need for you to do is go in the bathroom, wash all them little dried up tears away that are on your face. I'm gonna wait for you right here. Mm -hmm. And you and I are going to walk back into that room together because again, she was going to allow this other child to steal this 45 minutes of, they think they're playing, but we're teaching them all these skills and mindfulness and all this beautiful stuff stuff and don't let her steal this time from you right and so it's like and i and it felt so good because i watched this child who's like i can't go back in there, i can't handle it get herself together walk back into the room 
and like the five-year-old an hour later bounced back yeah, into right. it and i, I was like it. if nothing else way to teach today, resiliency I was like, so and i'm not saying that her parent is or isn't yeah, right, right, right i don't right. know her parent right i know this child and i know it's like if the parent is doing x y and z that life's gonna still come in mm-hmm. and so i think parents have a beautiful opportunity to help their child in these areas but if not Life still won't come at them, right. and so they'll. It could put them at a disadvantage. But they, I, I do believe, you know, again, there's still hope that there will be other instances when a child can learn different skills that they need. Sure. So, I mean, I think it's just really, you know, boiling down to our little final tips for the day is that, you know, there is definitely a thin line between, you know, wanting to build resilience in your children and in those people, who, you know, kids or God kids or whatever that's in your care. Um, but, you know, not trying to control and manipulate, you know, every step and every stage, um, because at the end of the day, you know, you Danita brought out, a, brought out a very good point about this, not just about academics, even though this is where the origin of this word has started. But, you know, what happens the first time when they lose a loved one, mm-hmm. right? And they, and they just spaz out, you know, or God forbid, one of the parents, you know, pass away. Mm-hmm. And so having to teach children, you know, just always to, in all of the ways that they can is to build, we talk about death, you know, you guys know we lost my stepdad a few years ago. And I mean, up until that point, we were talking to them, you know, we all have a, a time to go, like making sure they understand. Some people is taboo. Oh, no, we're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Why not? That's another way to help build resiliency. Mm-hmm. We tell our kids all the time, look, y'all, you are going to be at a stage in life where only people you got is the three of you right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad will not be here forever. I know right. it would be nice. Right. <laughs> but we will not be here forever. Mm-hmm. And all you have is each other. Why? Because one day our bodies are going to give up. And we're going to go be with Jesus. And you guys have to be here to support each other, love each other, take care of each other. But we have these conversations Mm -hmm. now. Not that, you know, we're trying to be so morbid about death, but we want our kids to understand. We won't be here. We won't be here Mm -hmm. all the time. And you need to to know that. And yes, it's going to hurt. You're going to cry. You're going to miss us like crazy. All of that. But you still know there's going to come a point in time where we are not going to be here. And so, you know, trying to shield them from all these emotions, you know, you just have to kind of use your best judgment. You have to. I don't know how people with kids who don't, don't know the either. Lord. I don't either. Who don't, like, <laughs> we, we said this when we got married. I don't know people who don't know the Lord, how, why they get married and how they stay married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I know why they get married, but I'm not sure how they stay. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but I would say the same thing. You know, you have to rely on, um, you know, your, your maker to kind of help you stay grounded so that you don't go off in that overbearing stage and you know we all had experienced that mm-hmm. kind of you know relationships in life where people want to control everything you do so you know I think it's just important to know you know God loves your children more than you do yeah I mean that was that was the <sighs> that was kind of the aha moment God loves your children more than you do and you teach your children how to live in this world be pleasing to the Lord how to be a good good service to him do the things you're supposed to do you know, and that's all we can do. Can't do any more than that. So hopefully guys, you, you know, take, this was a little more serious topic. (laughs) You know, we didn't laugh as much, you know, throughout (laughs) this one, you know, we normally get in here and cut up. Um, but it's, it's definitely something we want our children to stand strong. We want them to bounce back. We want them to be, want them to be utterly successful and we don't want to inhibit them in any way possible. So, um, make sure when you're teaching them everything that you teach them how to be resilient, you teach them how to bounce back from situations guys. So thanks so much for tuning in with us. And until next time we will see you. See you later. Bye guys.